Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hello again, everybody. It's me, Emily. Um, I was most excited in my, in my life, in my birthday excitement for birthday number 16. Okay, anybody in this room excited yet for birthday 16? Anybody? Birthday 16 is like when you get to drive. That's the big thing. That's the big thing. Anybody excited for that yet? Eighth graders, any of you guys like older and like you might get to start doing your permit stuff like this summer or early next year? Soon? Anybody? No. Cool. All right. Um, But I was really excited to turn 16 to get my license. And when I turned 16... I became the driver in my friend group, okay? Uh, Because I, well, for a lot of reasons. One, I had a really cool car, 1998 Honda Civic. If you can't imagine the beast of the car that that is, here's a great picture of it. (laughs) Yeah! Riding in style. I had one of my grandma's cross necklaces hanging from the mirror. It was really cool. And, um... That was my car, and people obviously wanted to hang out with me. So I was the driver for my friend group for that reason, and also my car got good gas mileage, and my parents helped me pay for the gas. That was the big one. I mean, if I'm being honest, that was the big one. And so I became the driver for my friend group, but I didn't um, have my license until a ways like past everybody else. My birthday's in the summer, so all my friends were getting their, their driver's license like during our sophomore year of high school, and I got my license like my junior year, like going into my junior year of high school, okay? So I got my license. I immediately started driving all of my friends everywhere because I love driving. And uh, one of the things that I got to do when I became a driver is I also got to join the yearbook because with yearbook, I had to drive places to go take cool pictures of like athletes in the band and stuff. And so when I, when I got my license, I was like, cool, now I can do yearbook. And I was really excited about that. And so this one time, I, me and my friend, her name is Brooklyn. She and I, we were both in yearbook together. And we were in charge of going to take pictures for yearbook, but we had to get up really early, like before school, to go take these pictures of a school event that was happening. And so I got up, well, let me backtrack just a second. Um, we wanted to get up early. We got up early, but late, you know what I mean? And we didn't have time. I had planned the night before. I was like, I'm running low on gas, but we'll get gas in the morning on our way to the pictures, right? But we were running late, so we didn't stop for gas. But my friend Brooklyn, she was like, let's just be a couple minutes late to take a few pictures. It'd be fine. And I was like, no, we can't be late. Uh, we're going, and we'll get gas afterwards. It'll be fine, okay? So we hop, in the, we hop in the cool Honda Civic, and we get on the road, we get to the pictures, and we're like, awesome. We made it to pictures. Right after we take pictures, we will go get gas, and it'll be great, okay? So we go, we take some pictures. We actually get done early taking pictures, okay? It's, it's over early. And we're like, let's go get gas, but then... Let's go to McDonald's and get breakfast burritos because we have time, you know? And so we're like, okay, great. This is a great plan. We go out to the car 
pack up our, our really cool cameras that the school gave us for free. And uh, we, we get in the car, okay? I, I get my key out, put it in the ignition, press the brake like you're supposed to do. You'll learn this. Turn it. That's exactly what it sounded like, actually. Nothing happened at all, okay? I was like, I'm going to try one more time. It's probably just me, user error, classic, which... Um, nothing, nothing is happening to my car, okay? I'm like, Brooklyn, you may have been right. You may have been right, okay? I don't want to admit it. I don't want to be wrong, but we are out of gas. We are not moving from this spot, okay? And so we, we'd actually, it gets worse. We had actually, like, this, this picture-taking thing, it was happening at someone's house, and so we had left before everyone else had left, you know, and we were like, see you guys later, we're going to go get burritos. We didn't tell them about the gas part. So they come out of their house after they're done, and we were just still sitting there. They're like, we thought you guys were leaving. And I was like, yeah, we don't have any gas. We need help. Like, we can't move. My car was not moving another inch without some gas, right? Like, I'm a junior girl. None of my emergency kits came with a gas tank, which would have been super helpful in this moment. I had, like, a two-week-old Sonic drink. I could have tried it, but I was nervous. My dad would be mad, so I didn't. That might have fueled it. Honestly, though, I don't put it past it. So I was like, we're kind of stuck. We can't move anywhere, and we're supposed to be at school, so this is getting bad, right? Okay, so we were stuck. Like, we weren't moving. The only thing that could get my car from that random house I was at to school where I needed to be was gas. Was gas. And funnily enough, I think we actually find the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, in a, in a similar place at the beginning of this book called Acts in the New Testament. So in, in the book um, called Acts, the first chapter, we find the disciples, and they are waiting. They need fuel. They need gas. But if we start in the book of Acts, we'll be kind of confused, because you need to know this about the book of Acts. We're going to be in the book of Acts for the next few weeks, and you need to know that the book of Acts is actually like, if we were to start in Acts chapter 1 right now, okay, and do nothing else, we would kind of be like starting in the middle of a book. Is that, is that a great way to read books? Anybody, anybody do that? No. Because you would be really confused about what's going on. And that's kind of what's happening in the book of Acts, right? The book of Acts is actually the second part of a two-part book or series by the same author. The first part of the book is called Luke. Has anybody ever heard of that book? Luke? Yeah, Luke is also in the Bible, and Luke is this record of the life of Jesus here on earth. It's called the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke is written by a man named Luke, and it tells the good news of Jesus and his ministry here on earth. And actually, in, the, in, in Acts chapter 1, it actually tells us that, that this book, the book of Acts, is actually the continuation of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. It says that, verse 1 of Acts 1. It says, this book is the continuation of all that Jesus began to do and to teach in the book of Luke. 
in the Gospels. And so, you and I, we need to understand what has happened in order to understand what is going to happen as we read through the book of Acts. So, in, in the book of Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, can anybody tell me, like, what the main event is that happens? Beckett. Jesus rises up in heaven. That actually happens in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. But what happens right before he rises up into heaven? Okay. Yeah, so if we back up just a little bit in the book of Luke, Jesus, we see the whole life of Jesus spread out onto a bunch of chapters in this book of Luke, and we see him grow up, and then we see him become an adult, and then when he turns 30, we see him start to preach to people that he is the Messiah. He is the one they've been waiting for. They, the Israelites, the people of God, they've been waiting for him to come and to save them. And then, and, he, and everyone's kind of confused, right? Because they thought that when this guy who came to save them came, he would like take over the government and he would rule and he'd be this crazy cool king and, and big ruler, right? And Jesus came and he was the son of a carpenter and he washed people's feet and he, and he hung out with people that otherwise were considered untouchable. And they, he wasn't the guy that they were picturing, so when he said, I'm the Messiah, I'm the one who's come to save you, it looked really different than the way they thought it would look. And then eventually, Jesus did very, very specifically in this one big event, save them. He went to the cross, he died a sinner's death, and he was actually dead for three days, taking on the punishment that they deserved for their sin and that we deserve for our sin. And then, three days later, he rose. He defeated death. He didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he started appearing to, to people that, he had been, that had been following him. He started showing them that he was alive and that he had saved them from their sin. And he hadn't just saved them from their sin, but he had actually defeated death. So that is what has happened before we get to Acts chapter 1. And then in Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus and he's, he's talking to his disciples and he's about to actually, he's about to do something also crazy. He's about to ascend into heaven, says that he's literally just going to ascend into the clouds, okay? He's about to leave, but he says some things to his disciples before he does that. So it says in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father. So we have, we have this weird thing where Jesus is like, wait for this gift of my father. And then he finishes, he says, which I've, you've heard me speak about, like I've talked to you about this. What is the gift that Jesus is talking about? Yeah. No, not quite. Yes. The Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God himself. So Jesus, God himself, 
is leaving. He's going to ascend into some clouds. But who is he sending as a gift? God himself. So the people who are listening, the followers of Jesus, the earliest followers of Jesus, they are like, okay, why don't you just stay? Right? Like, you're here now. But Jesus knows something that they don't know. Jesus knows that just like the only thing that was going to move my car forward was gas, the only thing that will move these people forward is the Holy Spirit. The only one who will move you closer to Jesus and his mission is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our fuel for following Jesus. The Holy Spirit, God himself, is the one who brings us along with him to do a mission with him. And it's really important that we understand this because as the rest of the book of Acts unfolds, it's just a case study on that truth. Like as we read through the book of Acts, what we will notice is that either the church was fueled by the Holy Spirit or the church was fueled by their own power. And when the church is fueled by their own power, guess what? They fail. But when the church is fueled by the Holy Spirit, miracles happen. People understand who Jesus is. People come to know him and actually want a relationship with him. When the church knows that the Holy Spirit is the fuel that they need to follow Jesus, they will be on mission. And, and this is like, this is groundbreaking. Have any of you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like on an island by yourself? There's no one who could help you. There's no one who could understand. There's no one who could actually like give you the fuel that you need to keep going. The Holy Spirit is that fuel. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes into our life and doesn't just help us understand that life is worth living because Jesus has given us this life, but that this life that is worth living is to be used for a mission that God has given to you. And so what, what do we do when we have God himself with us? God didn't give us some, like, some car key, like keychain. He didn't give us a locker trinket, right? He gave us himself. He gave us his actual presence to live inside of us. And something that's distinct about the Holy Spirit, it's not at all like a, like a gas tank, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't ever fill you up like halfway, right? Like that morning when I ran out of gas and we were running late for school and we needed like to get somewhere, right? What ended up happening is that that this woman who had been at the house that we were at, she came out and she was like, hey, I actually have a gas tank. It's only got like a gallon or two of gas in it, but I'll give you those two gallons and, and you can get to a gas station then, right? So it just kind of got me by, just kind of got me to the next stop. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Bible actually tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit fills us to the brim. There is nothing left. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. It's not like a fluctuating amount inside of us. That when the Holy Spirit comes, you are fully with God. 
So, who gets the Holy Spirit? Why is this what we see in the book of Acts? Well, all the people who were there listening to Jesus had been following Jesus and had agreed, had come to the decision that Jesus' death that had just happened a few days before this, that Jesus' death actually changed the course of their lives. Jesus' death on the cross meant something to them. It meant something to them because they knew that Jesus was the only one who could save them from their sin. And when you believe that, Jesus gives you a gift. He gives you the gift of his Holy Spirit to be with you always to the very end of the age. So there's some questions that we've got to ask ourselves. Do you believe that Jesus has changed the course of your life? Do you believe that the things that Jesus asks of you, this mission that he's going to send you on, is one worth following? And do you believe that when Jesus has changed the course of your life, that every day after that should be spent with him? Because that's what living with the Holy Spirit as our fuel is. It's simple. Living with the Holy Spirit as our fuel is living with Jesus. Living with the Holy Spirit as our fuel is relying on God in our lives. And so they go on. The the disciples, let's be honest, they're a little confused. Verse 6 says, Then they gather around him and ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Kind of a weird question after what he just said. But what are they thinking about? They're thinking about this old kingdom. They're thinking about this old way where they were waiting on some, some really powerful ruler to come and to wipe out every other people group and that Israel would be the most important people group, the most powerful people group. And they were like, is this it? Is it happening? Is that what you're going to send here after you? Like, we thought you were going to be that, but maybe you're not and you're, it's coming later. And Jesus, Jesus says, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But what's important for you is that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit's power in our life, the fuel that we get by the Holy Spirit is not fuel that promotes ourselves. It's not this fuel that says, look at me, I'm a really good person. Look at me, I like have all my ducks in a row. I'm successful and I've, I've got um, the right people that like me and I've got the right group of friends and I've, I've got this, this right um, life that, that people think is good and successful. The Holy Spirit, when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, your life actually begins to look a lot like Jesus' life. And Jesus' life didn't really look like that. Jesus spent his time washing people's feet. Jesus spent his time uh, talking to people who other people didn't want to talk to at all, actually. Jesus spent his time with people who needed him. And then Jesus spent his time dying on the cross, serving you and I to the point of death. Jesus 
use the power of the Holy Spirit to be humble. And so Jesus is inviting you to the same thing. He's asking you to follow him. And when you follow him, he comes and he makes his home in you. Like John chapter 1 and John chapter 14 say that Jesus makes his dwelling place in us. At the beginning of the book of John, it actually says that he comes and he dwells with us like, you know, side by side like Jesus did. But then at the end, John 14, Jesus says, hey, I'm actually going to send you a helper. And he's actually going to live not just next to you, but in you. And when, you, when he asks you to follow him and when you say yes to following him, he's also going to ask you to join his mission. Because, just like verse 8 said, when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, your mission is to now be the witness of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And you and I, we're the benefactors of that. We are the ones who've received that good message from people who along all throughout history have taken the call very seriously, taken the mission very seriously, that Jesus meant it when he said that to the ends of the earth, his name would be proclaimed and the goodness of his kingdom would be heard because you and I heard that message from people who were fueled by the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to tell you. As the weeks unfold, we're going to read in the book of Acts a lot of honestly crazy things. Like, like crazy things happen in the book, book of Acts. Miraculous things happen in the book of Acts. And you might actually be uh, tempted to be like, man, that stuff's cool. Want to be a part of that? But Jesus is actually inviting you first to be with him. First to Live life with him. And when you live life with Jesus, when you live life fueled by the Holy Spirit, when you live life changed by the resurrection of Jesus, this life that you, you and I live, like, like I don't want you to think that I'm standing up here saying I don't actually need what I'm telling you about. You and I are in the same boat at some point in my life, I realized that I was kind of like a walking dead person. I was a graveyard. And I realized that Jesus, he actually makes all things new. And he makes this graveyard a place of living things, a place that a garden could possibly grow. And when I realized that, I said, I don't want to live another day without you. And if you want me to tell people about you, if you want me to ask for people uh, to see your goodness, if you want me to take care of people's physical needs, if you want my life to look transformed, I will do those things because I have seen the goodness of your kingdom. And that's what living with the Holy Spirit is. That's what being fueled by the Holy Spirit is. It's not a lever to pull, a magic bean to use. It's a relationship with the creator of the universe who actually has come close to you, not just close, but within you, and wants a relationship with you. So before we go any further, before we talk about a cool mission, before we go on a mission, I'm asking you right now, do you want to live life with Jesus? Do you want Jesus 
to be the king of your life, the Lord of your life, the one who can tell you where to go and what to do? And do you want to live with him? Do you want to live with his Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you give us your Holy Spirit, that you don't stay far from us, but that you come close. God, I ask that in the coming weeks as we read about the miraculous things that you've done, we wouldn't forget the first miracle that you have saved us and that you have offered us your presence through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.